0: Greetings, PVIC. Welcome to the Post-Church Podcast, a time where we reflect on the Sunday Sermon and answer some practical questions. My name is Neil, and I'm here with Pastor Sean and Pastor Billy. We're still in the Kingdom Kingdom series, and we're going in the Gospel of Matthew. And this week, we're looking at Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 10, verse 4. So, Pastor Billy, um, go ahead and take it away.
1: Thanks, Neil. So in in the passage that Neil just uh, alluded to, um, what we see is really that the kind of risk-taking discipleship that Scripture calls for will not be a reality in our lives until we see uh, people we see the lost as Jesus sees them. So at the end of chapter 9, uh, Matthew closes out a, a section of Jesus' miracle stories, which we have been going over for the past few weeks, and um, a teaching on discipleship. By He closes out that section by pointing to Jesus' compassion for those who needed him. So ultimately... We see that the motive for our mission The mission that we are called to Is fundamentally compassion Rooted in Christ's compassion And then secondarily So the motive That's the why of the mission And then secondarily The means of our mission Or the how of our mission Is prayer and people But in the end We put our trust in in the Lord of the harvest to do what he can only do which is save.
2: Yeah so today in, in, uh, in the sermon you mentioned um, the oppression of the Pharisees and their legalistic system on, on the people. What would you say though to the idea that in this day and age at least in uh, modern evangelical churches, that the pendulum is kind of swung in the opposite direction, where we aren't dealing with a level of legalism, but it seems like we're struggling with the opposite, where there really isn't much of a structure or an emphasis on conduct or um, liturgy or even presentation.
1: Yeah, it's a a good question. I think... If you go back right, and you think, of, so what we said was that Jesus' statement here um, where he views the people and has compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless was really sort of a subtle dig at the Jewish religious establishment which had burdened the people. Uh, burdened them with what? Burdened them with these unbiblical um teachings that were sort of additions to the law. Um, And they were ultimately like harassed by that. They were burdened by that, right? They could not really overcome this sort of, um, this religious burdening that was actually separating them from God as opposed to like drawing them to God. So when you bring that forward into modern evangelicalism and you think, all right, well if that was a problem, how do we how would we fix it? And I think this might be a situation of, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, right? So the idea is, okay, we've overburdened the people with maybe this is a legalistic sort of thinking instead of trying to understand okay, how can we still um uh, keep people accountable responsible to the calling that they've been brought into um it was well the best way to deal with this is to just get rid of it all um and then what we lost what have we lost with that right like you mentioned like lost a, a sense of uh, you know i think accountability in um in churches right uh, a sense of um that that righteous living actually like it means something like it's something tangible um, so what do you do, right? What's, you know, what do you do about that? To me, I think it just really rolls back to the, when you talk about the leadership, right, structure of a church, right, and you think about the leaders of Christianity and those who be, would be pastors, those who would be in positions of authority. Rather than saying, hey, let's get rid of le- legalism, let's look at why these religious leaders we're putting these undue burdens on the people. Like what was at the root of that? Well, I mean, you could you could go a lot of different ways with it. I think one was power, right? They were ascribing as searching after power, and the, it was essentially uh, centered on themselves as opposed to um, being compassionate towards the people. So the question that leaders should ask in the modern day is, how can i still hold my hold the people accountable but in a way that is not trying to glorify me or in a way that is not trying to grasp and cling to power and authority but in a way that really treats them as the the flock right as the sheep that need to be cared for Right? So, as opposed to saying hey, get rid of le- to get rid of get rid of get rid of any structures or a- anything it's where where what is the motivation underneath it right and that's really what we should be focused on um you know as leaders right
2: and I think you can um tell me if you disagree, but i I tend to think that there is quite a bit of freedom within structure, and oftentimes we see the people give to like their prurian interests and their, and their fleshly desires and things like that when there's a lack of structure. So part of the job of the church, part of the job as pastors and deacons and elders is to emphasize the fact that there's freedom within this structure, this God ordained structure. And, and here's what it looks like. Right. That
1: Jesus has prescribed for us a way that leads unto life. Right. It is a it is like you mentioned It is a freedom uh, where it's a sort of backwards idea where this sort of licentious living mm-hmm. actually is binding. Right. It actually whereas uh, when you understand uh, God's word, you understand God's law and you understand grace and you truly understand them rather than being restrictive. Right. They're actually freeing. And you understand that them as protective, as opposed to right. restrictive, and ultimately, um, they are freeing for us. Right? Mm-hmm. We live. It's for us to live an abundant, an abundant life, a full life. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um, on to the next question. So we're, uh, we talked about verses thirty-six and thirty-seven. Um, so it talks about how Jesus saw the great need of lost people and Jesus saw the great harvest of lost people, right? Um, So I know um, they basically, Jesus has done a lot of, done all the ministry while the disciples have watched, and now, but now he gets the disciples involved in the ministry. That's the next step. So the next question is basically, people may be thinking, you know, oh, wait a minute, I, in terms of like, I may not be able to do like full-time ministry. Um, So thinking of that, you know, uh, disciples going fully involved in ministry, right? So question is, how do we harvest without being in full-time ministry? What does that entail? Yeah, I mean, when you're talking about
1: What is the context here, right? So just go to Jesus' words, right, and just what he says, right? The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Mm -hmm. So I think a a question we just have to ask, one, one is where is the harvest, right? Mm -hmm. So, I think there's a predominant thinking of this passage that it is just focused on kind of missions, right? So mm-hmm. you're going out into some maybe other area and there is in you know we do go into the next passage where Jesus actually sends out the apostles. So there there is that that sort of thinking, right? And I'll I'll grant you that. But the predominantly the thinking is okay, you're sending out to some far gone place and that's what this is talking about solely but to me if you ask the question like where is the harvest yeah the harvest is out there um the harvest is also where you are i think that's important to see so when it talks about these laborers these people we're not just talking about folks that might go into full time ministry right is the, the this this the mission the christian mission this expansion of the kingdom missional living it's not we're not talking about that's just under the purview of those folks who are pastors and the full time pastors at that or full time missionaries this is the, this is the clarion christian call for for all believers for all be- believers to understand that the harvest is is where you are so it's it's i think that's important mm-hmm. it's important to understand and i remember i can't remember if it was in a book or it was in a sermon that i heard this but you know i was talking about someone who um uh, went i think it was when i think it went was to india and they were there uh, from america and they went there and they um they saw you know so many people and they they looked like they, they were in great need but they were you know worshiping other gods, mm-hmm. and um, and they th- all of a sudden this like desire popped up in them, so, and they looked and they said, Ah, oh, you know, I wish it was like, I wish I knew the language, I wish I could talk to them right now. And but they're like, Ah, oh, but I don't speak the same language as them, like, I can't talk to them, and they're like, Oh man, if there was only a place where i spoke the same language as people where i could share this and it was like well light bulb yeah it's back where i'm from it's a whole bunch of people that i speak the same language to that i can share right yeah. so it's just kind of like this mentality sort of, sort of thing like the harvest is where you are like don't forget that and then um thinking about uh, ways that you can do that right? there's and i always go back to the fact that that <clears throat> in scripture we see that There are good works that um, God has called us to. And if you look at that and you say, okay, there are people that God has ordained for me to bring the gospel to. Like they're there. I don't know exactly where, but they're there so we should in confidence right be able to go to the context that we are in wherever th- that should be and um freely engage those people that uh, are around us with with uh, the truth of, the truth of the gospel right
2: all right well let me see what you guys think about this when i was growing up i kind of had some confusion with this concept so would you say that being nice is sharing the gospel, mm-hmm. um, or do you actually have to verbalize it? Because if you if you really think about it, um, there are Muslims who are very nice. There are Jews who are very nice. There are atheists who are very very nice. They they go about their day and they're very kind and they're very sweet to others. They they bring people into their homes and give them dinner and treat them swell. But is that really sharing the gospel? Is that really you know, working in the harvest. I mean, no. some of those are characteristics of a Christian, but, right. you know, according to Romans 10, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So um, where do you think that kind of plays into this?
1: Yeah, if we're coming back to comba- compassion, right. right? right, And if that is truly the cornerstone of the motive of mission, well, it's understanding that the distinction between compassion and, and niceness yeah right because th- th- there is there is a distinction i think there is to be made right um compassion in the way jesus had compassion sees reality the way it is mm-hmm. so jesus looked out and saw the crowd and he had compassion but because he saw the reality of their situation the reality of their circumstance harassed and helpless lost so there's going to be a distinction in Christian compassion in the sense that to look at someone and um, see that they're beleaguered and weary but ultimately that they are lost in, a, in as much as they are apart from god they're separated from god um so that goes beyond mere mere niceness
2: mm-hmm.
1: right it, that that sort of compassion goes m- much further beyond that
2: so it goes beyond the temporal to the more a sense of eternality
1: yeah right right that's 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 the difference right it's and, and that and and understanding is really at the bedrock of reality, right? You, you then that if that is truly the reality for you, then you can't disconnect your compassion from that. It's actually rooted and grounded in that reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I say that would be the difference, right? Is that that it's not it's not th- temporal. It's not a thin veneer of niceness, right? Mm-hmm. It is depth of compassion which is rooted in jesus own compassion which is fundamentally rooted in the reality of their situation which goes back to the loss their lostness yeah their separation from god right and w- when that undergirds it right it will have its expression in different sorts of ways right where you will be hospitable and you will be you know cordial and you it, it has these expressions but ultimately um, underneath all of that is a is a compassion that's rooted in reality.
0: All right. Thank you, Pastor Billy. Um going forward for this week, uh, any questions to think about?
1: Yeah, um a few here. So, first, we talked a lot about compassion. So, how can how can you embody the compassion of Christ? in your everyday interactions with others, right? I think this is just a real practical one kind of ties in with some of the things we talked about. What practical steps can you take um, to show kindness, right? To show compassion and empathy uh, to those that that you encounter, firstly. Uh, Secondly, when you think about the, the sort of massive spiritual needs of the world, Right. So, do the massive these do the massive spiritual needs of the world compel you to action, or make you feel helpless as you think about it? So, how might Jesus call to pray in Matthew nine thirty eight impact your reaction to that? And lastly, um, is to consider the concept of laborers. In the harvest, so we already talked about the fact that that it means more than just maybe those who are in full time ministry. What that means, right? Um, So consider that concept of laborers in the harvest, and then ask the question: In what unexpected places or among what unexpected people might God be calling you to share His love and message? I think that's a worthwhile question for us to consider
0: all right thank you pastor billy some good points to uh, think about so we look forward to tackling those questions this week and until next sunday let us strive to live all of life to the glory of god